Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, September 26th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Okay, here we are starting a new week off, a new week of fun, a new week of fun and chat and opinion. What happened over the weekend? Did you do anything interesting? What did I do over this weekend? Let me see. Did I think of anything interesting I did over this uh, weekend? And the answer is pretty much nothing. No, 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 no. I can't, I can't really report on much of anything, to tell you the truth. Can't really report on much of anything. It was a Folsom Street. It was a Folsom Street weekend here in San Francisco, and I avoid that. I avoid that uh, for many, many reasons. But, um, you know, it, this will get me into my, my uh, the heading of the show, which is progressives sold out to Big Farmer and that they're phonies. And that it's really, after, after the last two and a half years, I find I'm having a lot of trouble. Maybe there are others out there who, who feel the same way. But I'm having a lot of trouble um, associating with progressives, uh, just associating with Democrats or people I used to associate with all the time. And this is not a cancel thing. This is not like what they do to us, you know, cancel, cancel. We don't want to hear from you anymore. You're out of our lives. It's not really that kind of a thing. I mean, but I just don't want to, I guess, voluntarily do things I don't have to do with, with progressives, with Democrats. And it's, it's a multitude of reasons. I mean, you can only Look, you can only keep the political chatter and the political talk out of conversation so much, especially when you live in a place like San Francisco. You just – it's very hard to do. It's very hard to keep that kind of talk out of the conversation. And, you know, I, I think many of you will be able uh, to uh, sympathize with this. But – when you're in that kind of a situation, right, and you're with people who have a totally different – and you've realized over the last two and a half years have a totally different – not only – I wouldn't say just political outlook. It's worse than that. It's a, it's a – they live in a different reality, an alternate reality than you live in. Um, it's, it's, like a, it's like tap dancing or walking on eggshells, however you want to put it, to keep politics out of the conversation. It's just very, very difficult to keep politics out of of the conversation. And so, you know, after a while it becomes kind of uh, uh, strenuous and, and uh, stressful to hang out with these kinds of people. So I just try to avoid it as, as much as possible these days, you know, because God forbid, oh, God forbid, you know, masks should come up or vaccines should come up or, you know, January 6th should come up or that bullshit. Uh, I'm not the kind of person who can keep my mouth shut, as you know, <laughs> as I'm sure you can tell. I'm not the kind of person that can keep my mouth shut. So, you know, you try to just avoid those uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable situations. And I talk about politics on this podcast five days a week, all right? I talk about politics on this podcast every Monday through Friday. So, you know, I don't really want to talk about politics that much. I don't really want to talk about politics that much. When I'm not doing this podcast, I'd rather not, you know, I'd rather talk about other things 
when I'm not doing the podcast in politics because I'm talking about politics five days a week here with you guys. So I just I try to avoid these conversations now, these uncomfortable conversations with the left, because, you know, like I said, in a place like San Francisco in California, politics is going to come up eventually. Someone's going to mention something. Someone's going to make some dumb, idiotic offhand comment about masks or or vaccines or vaccine passports or how great Biden is and how awful and fascist uh, the Trump supporters are and the Republicans are. Of course, not being able to back any of it up with facts. But, uh, you know, so I try to avoid that. So I definitely avoid things like Folsom Street. I don't want to be anywhere near it. And, and someone made a good point. It might, have seemed, it might seem crass, but Jake Shields on Twitter, who's a former MMA guy, um, who used to live in San Francisco, made the point. He showed Scott Weiner, who's, you know, who's a state assembly guy here in California, representing San Francisco area. He goes to these events all the time and he's shirtless. And I'm really tired of seeing Scott Weiner uh, shirtless. But anyway, he's always at these things shirtless and he takes photos of himself at these events like Folsom where they have sex in the streets and so on and so forth. And, and, and Jake Shields made a good point, made a very good point. This is the guy, him, him particularly, and his party who locked down your business, shut your business for a year and a half, closed your schools for a year and a half, didn't let your kids go to school. Yet here he is enjoying himself during the middle of a monkeypox outbreak at an event where people have random group sex in public spaces. And there was videos from, from Folsom. And these are videos I used to look at in different ways. I mean, they're videos of, of people urinating on each other in the middle of the street during this event on, on Sunday afternoon. And I used to laugh at those kinds of things and say, who cares if they want to do it? But now I think about those people, those exact people who have such a grand old time are the ones that were totally for masking, totally for lockdowns, totally for 85 jabs, keeping your kids out of school, closing your business. They were totally for all that. Yet they have no problem having fun. And these were the same people. These were the same people who called people who went to like bike rallies, like Sturgis bike rally, super spreaders, who went to football games, super spreaders. Yet here they are in the middle of a monkeypox outbreak in monkeypox central, San Francisco. At an event where people have sex with random people anonymously in groups in the middle of the fucking street. And you be. The exact same people who didn't let your kids go to school, thought it was fine, thought it was absolutely right, protecting the public health to not let your kids go to school, to not let you have your business, to not let you do your job if you weren't vaccinated. The same people in the middle of a monkeypox outbreak here in monkeypox central are having sex with strangers in the middle of the street, in the middle of the day, having a grand old time, not thinking they're fucking hypocrite pigs, which is what they are. They're hypocrite pigs. Well, I shouldn't have even started talking about this. It gets me so fucking mad. So angry. The hypocrisy of these people. And Scott Weiner, the state assembly guy who was for all of these things, who was tweeting for two and a half years how great Gavin Newsom was. What a great job he was doing. What a great job the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, was doing. Keeping your kids out of school and keeping your business closed and making you get a vaccine for the greater good. 
Here they are, not for the fucking greater good, for their own good, in the middle of the street, having sex, in the middle of a monkeypox outbreak in San Francisco. Can you be any more of a fucking hypocrite? I know that's a rhetorical question. I know it's a rhetorical question. But this is why I can't even be associated with these people anymore. They are such hypocrites. They're so disgusting. They're hypocrites to their fucking core. To their core. Never mind how they all sold out to Big Pharma. How all I heard during six years of Bernie campaigns from these people was how evil Big Pharma was. How disgusting Big Pharma was. How they couldn't be trusted, how they were poisoning us, how all they cared about was making money. And for two and a half years, they just sold out to them. Oh, oh, they say we need seven vaccines. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yes. Oh, they say we need seven shots. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we must need seven shots because big farmers on our side, they want to save our lives. They love us. All of a sudden. All of a sudden, they did a total 180 on Big Pharma between February of 2020 and March of 2020. Simply because in their twisted minds, in their sick, twisted Trump derangement syndrome minds, he was for COVID. He loved COVID. He wanted COVID to kill everybody. So they had to be so anti-COVID. Trump didn't want masks, didn't want lockdowns. So they had to love mask and love lockdown. In their sick, twisted mind, this wasn't even the real reality. But they made up this reality in their heads. That even in the middle of a, of a so-called pandemic, they had to be anti-Trump. So whatever they um, invented he was against or for, they were then for or against. That was it. That was the whole thing in a nutshell. They just had to be anti-Trump. That's all. We all know this. And I've said it a million times over the last year on the show. A million times. If Trump were for masks, Democrats, liberals, progressives would have said, oh, what an idiot. What a backwards idiot he is. What a backwards idiot he is following 102-year-old science from 1918. We're not wearing masks. Fuck you, man. If Trump was for vaccine passports, if Trump was for vaccine passports, they would have said, oh, that's fascist. You can't force me. Just like you want to force a woman to have a child, you want to force me to get a shot? Fuck you, man. We know it. We know that would have been the situation. That's why I wish he had been for masks and for vaccine passports and for 175,000 fucking boosters, because then the Democrats, liberals and progressives, their whole last two and a half years would have been against all of those things, rightfully. But they just have to be anti-Trump. That's it. Anti-Trump. They call themselves pro-science, but it's not pro-science. It's anti-Trump. That's all it is. That's their whole entire existence. Their existence is hypocrisy. Their existence is nothingness. There is nothing to them. They have no real values or morals. It's just opposite of Trump. It's so incredibly, disgustingly superficial. 
and they don't mind flaunting it. We have a governor here in Newsom who told you to lock down and not go out and wear masks. And then he goes to the French laundry eating dinner with 80 people with no masks on. At the exact same time, he's telling you to do the opposite. What did he just tell you to do now? We shouldn't go to Texas. Right? No, no traveling to Texas. What does he do? He goes to Texas. But do you know why he can get away with this? Because his voters are dumb fucks. I, I can't put it in a more... Uh, I can't... I can't I, I don't have the Queen's English right now. They, he just knows his voters are dumb. His voters are dumb. And they're a cult, and they're a cult, and they think he's the fucking king of the cult, and he's the cult leader. He's the Jim jo- that's what That's what Gavin Newsom is. He's the Jim Jones of California. Jim Jones was from California. Oh, what a shock that Jim Jones was from San Francisco. Makes all sense, doesn't it, when you... Put it all together. It makes perfect sense. But that's what he is. He's like the Jim Jones governor of California. They will do whatever he says. His voters will do whatever he says. And if he defies it, it's because he's the king. He's the leader of the cult. And he can do whatever he wants. They're not going to take any votes away from him. They're not going to vote for the Republican. No one even knows who the fuck the Republican is running against him in six weeks. We're in California, the state of Ronald Reagan of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and no one knows who the Republican is running against Gavin Newsom in six fucking weeks. That's where I live, because it's a cult. It's a cult of Democrat here. We are a cult of Democrat, mostly because of my city, sicko San Francisco, San Francisco, and the Hollywood fucks in Los Angeles. That's why. That's why we're imprisoned here in this cult of Democrat, because of San Francisco and Los Angeles County. Take away those two places, and it's a fairly normal state but they dominate. Remember, that's why Hillary won the popular vote, people, by 3 million. Because 3 million people, she won L.A. County by 3 million. Take away L.A. County, and it's a 50-50 election. Take away San Francisco and L.A. County and New York City, and Trump wins big, the popular vote. So let's not fool ourselves. Oh, Hillary, the, the country wants Hillary. No, no. L.A. County, San Francisco, and New York City loved Hillary Clinton. Everyone else didn't so much. which is why I don't believe in the popular vote. I just don't. I don't believe in it. I don't want to get into this rabbit hole now, the popular vote, and my thought process just went there. God forbid New York City, San Francisco, and L.A. should dominate every presidential election. God forbid. You know why God forbid? Because we would have President Hillary Clinton. And in two years, we'd have President Gavin Newsom. If there was the popular vote, Newsom would win in 2024 fairly easily because of San Francisco, New York City, and L.A. And throw in Chicago. So should the whole country have to deal with the president because four cities out of hundreds of cities want that person? Of course not. This was the brilliance of the founding fathers, the tyranny of the majority. And what would become, really unbeknownst to them, the tyranny of a few major cities over the rest of the country. And we know the worries and concerns of city people are very different than rural and suburban people. And rural and suburban people dominate this country. There are many more rural suburban areas than there are big cities. Yet if you take away the Electoral College, the big cities, three or four of them, would win every presidential election, would decide. Those big cities are Democrats. If they were Republican, Republicans would always win. 
but they're Democrats. The Democrats would always win, and it should not be that way. That's my little tantrum. It sounds great, the popular vote. Yeah, one person, one vote, Mike. Come on, what's wrong with you, man? Majority rule, man. Sounds great. Wrong. It will be the domination of a few major cities and the domination of the major city uh, mentality over the rest of the country. And that's not fair. It's not right. Think about that. Donald Trump lost the popular vote by those 3 million votes, mostly because of L.A., Yet he won, what, 30 states to Hillary's 20? So how about popular? How about pop, most states win? How about most states? I'd, I'd rather go with most states win. He won it easily. He won 60% of the states in this 60% of the states in this country wanted Donald Trump. 40% wanted Hillary Clinton. So why shouldn't Donald Trump be president? There's a lot of suburban and rural areas here, and they have to have a voice. And if you went by popular vote, they would never, ever. I mean, 99 out of 100 times, they would lose. Maybe 100 out of 100 times. Uh, yeah, I'm drinking an energy drink. You know, I started the show. I had no energy. Then I started talking about progressives, and my energy went up. Hmm. But yeah, we know they totally sold out. Uh, we'll have a popular vote discussion <laughs> probably in 2024 as we get closer to the presidential election. But... Uh, Progressive definitely sold out to Big Pharma. There's zero doubt about it. We can go through the reasons I went through the Trump derangement syndrome. You can talk about fear, hysteria, fear for their own miserable existences, whatever it may be. I think TDS is is 90% of it. You can fill in the other 10% with whatever you want to fill it in with. But they totally sold out. And the the, the hypocrisy of them. I, I I, I have to reiterate this again. The same people who didn't want your kid to get an education. But that's not, that's not just a thing in the past. These kids were set back two years of learning. That continues on for the rest of their educational lives, okay? It's not just a thing in the past. You can just wash away and say, oh, it went away. It's over. No, no. There are reverberations to these horrible decisions, to these terrible mandates. The same people who didn't want your kid to go to school, didn't want you to open your restaurant, didn't want you to be able to have a job, then didn't want you to be able to have a job once things open again if you didn't get the boosters, the vaccines. Those same people are out in San Francisco on a Sunday afternoon in the middle of a monkeypox outbreak and out in, in monkeypox central San Francisco having sex, peeing on each other in the middle of the street with strangers. And Scott Weiner, the state assembly guy representing the city in the state, is there with his shirt off taking selfies. What the fuck, man? What, what kind of a world are we living in? What kind of a world are we living in? And he will win here again big. And Gavin Newsom will win here again big. And Nancy Pelosi will win here again big. This is like a fucking insane asylum here. These people have no morals. They have no ethics. They have no values. They have no common sense. Something Bill Maher is saying over and over again. The Democrats have no common sense. And it's not for the greater good. It's for their own good. That for the greater good was such bullshit. It was for the good of big pharma, for the good of big corporations, for the good of big government, for the good of big media. They're the selfish bastards. And they prove it when they do something like call everything that happened during COVID super spreader. But then they can go out in the middle of the day, have sex in public during an outbreak. And that's not selfish. That's not super spreader. 
If you want to call in and cool me down, you have every right to call in. Don't let my ranting for 20 minutes, the first 20 minutes of the show, scare you away from calling in. And if you like monkeypox super spreader events, you're allowed to like monkeypox super spreader events. Oh, Iggy from the uh, other side of this big pond we call the Atlantic Ocean. Hey, Iggy. Hey, Mike. How's it going, man? All right. I'm a little, I'm a little heated, Iggy. I'm a little heated on this yeah. Monday. A little heated. That's okay. I'm here on the stage I've, Tuesday I've, morning for you there, I know. Yes. I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm generally sympathetic to uh, what you're saying, right? And uh, I don't blame you at all um, for for how you how you're expressing it. You got to let it out sometimes, haven't you? Really? But, um, <laughs> yes, you, you do. Know, yes, you it's do. A lot of sh- it's well, yeah, because basically when you start listing it out like you're doing, it's fucking insane, isn't it? There's a there's a there's a shitload of basic insanity, right? It really is. And the more I talk about the insanity, the more insane I get. But the more angry I get, I get angry when I start to talk about all this total. Blatant insanity. And what makes me really angry is not only that it happens, but there's very few people talk about it outside of, you know, maybe 3% of the media, a few people on Twitter. No one's talking about this. Like, this is perfectly okay, normal, and fine. Yeah, okay. So there's a few different ways I look at this, and it's about it's about kind of like the granularization of each issue. And I don't think, for me anyway, I think it, it helps to... Um, try to sort out issues between what where, where the real big power play issues are and then what is a corollary theatrical issue right for example so uh, to, to give you an example I'd say that when you when people think about um, you know hey this is a big farmer thing right it's actually big farmer is actually the kind of the mechanism by which people um, got a profit making uh treatment in which then became the sort of answer to the original problem right but big pharma is 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 only part of the story because you have to go back and say how did politically this virus get genetically engineered and essentially trigger a political response before the vaccine was ever created right and that's a whole other section of the argument right right and um, and it's and it pre- precedes the vaccines, but you get policy that's generated from in response to both of those things. So you get policy generated to how do we manage the virus in the absence of supposed treatment, and then you get, um, and then how do we manage society in respect to this supposed treatment of the vaccine, right? And they're two separate sets of po- they're, they're interconnected, but they're separate sets of policy, and inside. The stuff, some of the stuff that you're talking about, the the fucking madness of all of the virus management policy, right? Yep. You've got a lot of people who are making decisions that have um, little, little to do with uh, any, well, anyone could have made those decisions, right? So if you look at the Britain, literally every single flavor of politician was up for doing masks, lockdown, and every flavor of madness, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, because no, because basically, there's a few different mechanisms. One is pure ignorance, 
and one is sloganeering, um, you know, propagandistic manipulation. Another one is the fear of the, the fear based, uh, what's the word, disaster capitalist kind of stuff that, um, you know, the shock doctrine kind of thinking, which is essentially fear based disaster capitalism. Right. That's that that massively affects people, how people decide uh, or how, how people determine policy. And and I, I sort of see it as a because if you put it into a hierarchy is, is kind of what I'm talking about. If you put these decisions into a hierarchy, what you end up with is something along the lines of um, the Bill Gate, the Gatesian, Weff, um, Fauci type um, connections that get you money between cause and response. You know, essentially, Fauci has been making genetic, allowing genetic engineering for a long time, which has ended up with covid being created and then eventually it was it got out however it got out right but that's completely artificial but then you start looking into the patents and then you realize that people have known this is going on and they've basically just played they played their strategic money play saying one of these things that we're working on is going to be a pandemic so as long as i have the technology to create a vaccine i'll be quids in that's in bill gates's entire fucking business strategy right 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 that's all the hierarchy stuff. And then below that, you've got the government response stuff because you have to have the event first in order for government to react to it. And then when government starts to react, this is where it becomes confusing because you get people who know what's going on inside government because they're all corrupt as fuck, right? But you also get loads of useful idiots who don't know what's going on, but who parrot what they need to for their own career, shall we say. Right. And then you have the media on top as well. So you've got layers of this shit that, that compounds. Well, and, and the thing is, each, the people, let's say, like, you know, you can talk about the people in the UK. Here I can talk about the people in California, like I've been talking about yeah. Gavin Newsom and this state assembly guy, Scott Weiner. Yeah. It's that, but they know, they're only, they only have to worry about their own jobs, right? So therefore, mm-hmm. they're only playing to their own people. They're only playing and they're their also own re- yeah. right. So and a guy they, like Scott, and they only repeat. They they right. only need repeat the orders that are cascading down, don't they? As long as right. they and, follow orders, right? And a guy like Scott Weiner, right, or Nancy Pelosi or Gavin Newsom can say, "Oh, those right wing Trump supporters in North Dakota, in South Dakota, uh, doing a rally, their bike rally, they're super spreading COVID. Those redneck dumb Trumpers." Yet I get yet Scott Weiner can well, Gavin Newsom can travel Texas and Florida badmouth Texas Florida he'll travel there as much as he wants Scott Weiner can go to a quote unquote super spreader monkeypox event and take photos and take selfies all he wants because he's only playing to his own people and they have such Trump derangement syndrome he can get away with anything he wants to get away with this is why Joe Biden was elected because of Trump derangement syndrome that's why and I've talked about this before Iggy you know a lot of people in this country. Yeah. Especially on the right, think the election was rigged because how the fuck could Joe Biden get 81 million votes? And then not only get 81 million votes, but like three months later, his approval's down to like eight. So where'd those 81 million people go? Well, my non conspiratorial um, theory is simply that I think it's a great theory that those are very soft supporters because 90% of them just wanted to get Trump out. Then once Trump was out, they didn't give a fuck about Biden, they just wanted Trump out of the way. That's all they really cared about. So his support was so soft. And on top of that, you see, <laughs> those people elected Joe Biden. They elected mm-hmm. someone who is so inept, such a fraud, because 
All they had was Trump derangement syndrome. This is why my theory of anyone that ran against Trump on Democratic side was probably going to win. No matter if it was Bernie, no matter if it was Biden, no matter if it was Elizabeth Warren, no matter if it was Pete Buttigieg, no matter if it was Kamala because it was all going to be an anti-Trump election anyway. And this is what you get when you vote against one person, totally against one person, not for the person you're supposed to be voting for. You get Joe Biden. That's the product you get. Mm, okay. So when it comes to um, when it comes to the new the the actual policy side of things with um, what what's happening with covid um the for me though and this is this is not right i'm just saying um i'm just saying that if you got person a and person b right and person a in this case happens to be trump who was in office a little bit into the kick into covid right i don't believe that if trump if trump had stayed in office right he'd either won the next election or his office term had actually just gone on for longer if the timings had been different I don't believe that he would have been able to resist all of the governmental COVID policy that got generated. Because if you look at, even though he mentioned uh, there's some research into hydroxychloroquine, mm-hmm. and even though he staved off some of the, he was he delayed the shutdown of America um, longer than people thought he would. He still gave in. He he still capitulated, right? And I believe that. Uh, and he also implemented warp speed, right? Which meant that he was sanctioning um, vaccine production. Oh, that there's was no terrible. Way, there's sure no was way he would yeah, have... Yeah, th- There's no way that America would have ended up in a, in a significantly different um, policy outcome because, as we talked about last time I spoke to you, you and I both know that he doesn't have the power to withhold, to, to stand off against... Fauci, the WEF, uh, Bill Gates's influence, and then all of the big pharma layers and all that. Eventually, you would have ended up in the same place, really. Well, uh, no, no. I'm just saying we would have been in a different place because Democrats wanted to be anti-Trump, and they would never listen well, to anything he said. So if Trump came yeah. out and said, I'm for masking, we must wear masks for two years, Democrats would have said, uh, yeah. we're, not and, we're not doing what you do. Whether... It, Let's put it this way. Forget masks working, not working, or somewhere in between. Where yeah, you're just saying do... that they would have a reactionary. You right. Have We're anti, not doing what you tell reaction. Look, uh, Iggy, Iggy, Biden and Kamala Harris said in November slash December of 2020, we would not take a Trump-endorsed vaccine. Yeah, I agree. I, I know. I, I know it's ridiculous. And that is, that is clearly completely insane, isn't it? That's bullshit to try to even – for, for them to um, – make those statements and then uh, completely reverse that policy and for them to never be taken to task on that is totally insane, right? Absolutely. But what the question is, <clears throat> why are they not being taken to task for that? Because the media is 90% liberal. That's why. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> the it's, only, it's the bought, only, the only way you take the task in this, in this current society is by the media. That's the only way you can be taken to task. That's, that, that's how... That's how anti-something sentiment spreads or pro-something sentiment spreads yeah. through the media. And 90% yeah. of this media here is on the side of the Democrats. So, of course, they're not going to take the chance for that. Yeah. And, and, and that's the problem is that your entire you know, mainstream media, like mine, is, is not just bought. It's, um, it's a completely engineered setup. You know, it's CIA. Uh, this is all for the documented, isn't it? Um, the CIA basically has penetrated pretty much every... Um, 
mainstream media outlets. So it essentially all just becomes arms of the government, effectively. Oh, absolutely. Yes, it's like state-run media. It's it's yeah. it's it's supposedly what we were always against, right? With like the Soviet Union, you know, and the old yeah. the old the old um, you know the old image of the Soviet Union with the the Probably. news anchor with the gun pointed to their head, you know, stating what the what's on the what's on the uh, teleprompter. I mean, th- th- this is what they do here. Yeah, <laughs> and this is exactly yeah. what they do here. So you if well, you if you put on CNN, CNN might be changing. I don't know. I haven't watched it in a long time. But if you put on MSNBC. And you see how, let's say, the Hunter Biden story is or isn't. Hunter Biden's bad because they won't even cover it. Okay. Yeah. The, the, way, the, the way COVID was covered, let's say. And you're watching MSNBC and you're watching them cover um, the Sturgis, the bike rally in South Dakota. And then you put on ABC. And then you put on CBS. And then you put on NBC. Then you put on PBS. And then you put on the radio on NPR. They're all going to cover yeah. that story the exact same way. These are basically, the bottom line being, these are all redneck, selfish, Trump supporters spreading COVID and killing everybody. That would be how that story was was portrayed by each one of those networks almost verbatim. Okay? So you can't mm-hmm. tell me, yes, they all have the same mindset, but I, I believe there's actually, this might sound conspiracy, I believe the memos go around and say, this is the way we oh, want it. No, 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 right. Mike, that's not, right, so hang on, let's just be clear on language, right? There's a really big difference between saying that something is a conspiracy theory for to use that as a derogatory uh, a put down label and something for, and for somebody to say uh, talk about something that is a conspiracy. There's a radical difference, right? Let's yes. face it. There is a conspiracy amongst the Clinton camp to have protected her from her own illegal operations with mishandling um there's a clear conspiracy because the conspiracy is just two people acting isn't it sometimes illegally that's basically all that word means so don't that you don't have to excuse yourself you don't have to explain that to me i'm totally with you on that you're you're right you're right um the the media side of things is insane if you look into the bbc and you look at money flow and you look at its output it doesn't even stand up there's um i'll give you an example there was a there was, an, there was a, a BBC program about anti-vaxxers. It's still available, actually. Um, and what they did, and it came out about hmm, two months ago. Basically, it said we took six so so-called anti-vaxxers into a house for a week, and we listened to everything they said, and we tried to find out why they were anti-vax and to see if we can correct their thinking. Right? That's basically what they said. Now they quoted a figure, and it was a mathematician. It was uh, the BBC's in-house favourite TV personality mathematician, Hannah something or other. She said, and the programme said, that only 8% of the UK population is unvaccinated, right? Yep. But you immediately, you immediately check data from, from government sources and you know that the number of people unvaccinated is at least 20% and it may be as high as about 30 to 35, depending on the data. So the BBC is already lying in the show notes for the show about the number of people who are vaccinated. And then when you get into the detail of the programme, it was just this piece of pathetic propaganda. It was absolutely pathetic. It was like it was insulting to the intelligence of a goldfish. Right. Yeah. That's how shit it was. And that's the British BBC state propaganda system. And people actually believe that the BBC is a good, is a good programmer. It's of course, they, it's like they believe NPR is the best here. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Yeah, no, they believe it here. Look, but here NPR, or you go to CBC in Canada, and the majority yeah. of the populations believe those are great uh, 
news you're getting real news these are real news people these are journalists because you know we're told they are that's why why are they great journalists because we're told they are you know why is why is Fauci a great doctor oh because we're told he is that's it there's no investigation there's no thinking of their on their own there's no using common sense it's just whatever they see they believe whatever they see they believe so they truly believe here in san francisco they truly believe in san francisco most of the people who live among me (laughs) truly believe they should be getting four is it four or five now almost five four five i'm I'm losing track i think it's four now up to four boosters i'm losing track that's how bad it is four boosters probably going on five and two for monkey so they all believe you should have six to seven shots over the last year and a half they truly believe this is science they believe this is real science okay i've got a question for you that might help in a way for you to sort of uh think think about this in a slightly different way okay so um in terms of the number of shots right it was always there's, there's evidence that um there's actually two pieces of conflicting evidence right the first is that if you look at the um the fda or the e, uh, european or the uk medical regulators <clears throat> um eua documentation the authorizations it says for any two-dose vaccine that they are being EUA'd on a two-dose basis, right? Mm-hmm. So why is it that that two-dose basis is no longer being enforced? It's because that means that they're actually operating outside of the EUA now by saying that you need to have four. That goes against the EUAs, right? Yes. That's a big contradicting policy. Right. Now, the question is, though, it's quite obvious to me from everything that I've looked at technically, scientifically, right from the beginning, the vaccines are toxic and they are completely unnecessary because the the threat from the covid is not significant it's like it's got 99.8 ish 99.7 oh, more than, yeah well for most people's for most people it's basically 100 99.9999 exactly yeah right <laughs> and nat- natural immunity is unassailable right it's just mm-hmm. there is no argument there mm-hmm. okay so if you accept that the question becomes uh, there is an argument, a glib argument to say, isn't this just a massive IQ contest, right? Do you see any of you, you know what I mean about that? Yes. So the question, one of the ways that you can cope with this is to say, fuck them. If people are dumb enough to believe that they need to have five, six, seven shots, and these may cause turbo cancer, myocarditis, pericarditis, all manner of autoimmune diseases and essentially it will shorten their lifespan mm-hmm. Fuck them. you you could you could mentally cope like that and just but you say, did but you did see that what you just said to me over the last minute you did a little bit of research to find that out mm-hmm. most people don't do what you just did because most people yeah. here believe most people in the big in this city most people in, in democrat run areas in this country believe what you just did is conspiracy theory thinking? Yeah, yeah. All I did was read scientific papers, mate. That's all. Doesn't, I did. Yeah, no, no, you can't. No, no, you don't. You believe the science, man. You believe what you're told by doctors. You don't look into it yourself. You're not a doctor. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. No, this is what they believe. I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm yeah, just, I know. I know. I know exactly. This, this is what yeah, they exactly. believe. What are you doing? What are you? You're mm-hmm. looking. You're, you're you're doing. You're 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 look. You're like looking for space aliens. Looking for UFOs, man. Mm. What are you doing? I know. So this so, is what I, they I, believe. I, so there's none of yeah. that research. There's none of that simple research that you and I did. It didn't take very long to do the research. 
right? Yeah. It didn't take very long. You see something, you look at a report, you go, I wonder if that's true. You look into it, you research it for a, for a few minutes, maybe up to an hour, and you get the information. That's all you really have to do. Most people didn't bother doing that. One, because yeah. most people are intellectually lazy. They're intellectually lazy, and they're also told by people like Fauci that he is the science. You do as he said. You don't need to do your yeah. own research. You don't need to do your own. Let me tell you something. If I go to the doctor and they say, we think you have this, this is your issue. I don't just say, okay, that's my issue. I then say, okay, that's a possibility. Then I go home and I research mm. it. And I talk to people who are other doctors. I talk to other doctors. I talk to friends who are doctors. That's what I do. Because it's yeah. not up to me. It's not, it's not, there's no one person here in this, in this country, in this world who knows everything. Okay. And doctors are often wrong. They often yeah. misdiagnose things. In fact, if there are any doctors who listen, might get dare to say they might misdiagnose more than they diagnose properly these days. Yeah. So you have so, to do your own research and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Plus it's I your agree. body. My body, my yeah. choice, Iggy. My body, my choice. Why does exactly. that only apply to abortion? Well, yeah, 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 exactly. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and they and they asked me, you know, are you pro-choice, and I said, well, if you're bod- I'm for bodily autonomy, mm-hmm. and and irrespective of all of the sort of religious or doctrinal beliefs about abortion, I am pro-choice. So what I'm saying, is, pro- let me just stop you yeah, right exactly. there. So what you're saying I agree. is. You're my, you're my body, my choice. You're, you're pro-bodily yeah. autonomy, regardless of what religious beliefs are about Correct. abortion, or even what yeah. medical science says is killing a fetus. Doesn't matter Correct. to you. You are pro-bodily autonomy. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Exactly. That's your stance, because right? Because if, if, if you're pro-bodily autonomy, you have to be pro-choice, because it still has to become an individual's choice if they can wield the power, right? And the problem with the issue for pro-choice is this. Being pro-choice is the only option that gives a person the ability to implement their religious doctrine without forcing their religious doctrine onto other people who don't share it. Do you see what I mean? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Whereas if you're pro, if you're anti-choice, you default to forcing the religious doctrine issue. What is what everyone. is what is the basic laws right now in the UK regarding abortion? Is there, uh, it's is there choice. One... Yeah, it's it's choice. You can choose, and uh, as long no, as no, but can you have an in... abortion as the child's about to be delivered? Uh, no, it's I, th- I think it's about twenty six weeks. I think is the latest. Or okay, so there is a limit. There is a limit. It's yeah. not just abortion on demand at any point. It's there's a limit to it. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not murdering a newborn baby. No. And if I'm right about this, there are European countries that are much stricter than the UK, right? Yeah, I think. I think somewhere as low as thirteen. Right. Um, yeah. Right. So, in other words, there are there are countries in the U in, in in Europe that are much stricter than most Democrat-run states in this country in our country, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's what people don't understand here. People here have an idea that Europe, Europe being like like all is one one mindset in the whole the whole. <laughs> yeah. No, Europe not. is abortion at any time on demand. There's no restrictions. Nothing. You go and you get it. And that's not the truth. That's just yeah. simply not not the truth. And I think I'm more on that side now. I, I, I think I still generally believe this. There should be a, a point to where a, a woman can get an abortion. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe in no abortion other than incest and rape. But, but I, I think there's a I, I, don't, I can't put a week on it. I really can't put a week on it. I don't know if it should be 13 or 20 or 25. I don't know what the week should be. But um, but I, I believe there should be a limit. Mm. There should be a limit. I mean, but I, the, the problem is there are Democrats here 
who truly believe there should be no limit. Yeah, which doesn't really make a lot of sense if you think about it. No, it makes zero sense. There's <laughs> zero common sense. Yeah. The common sense way is what the UK does. Yeah, I mean, That's the so, common so, sense so, way, right? Yeah, you know, we, we all know that babies can be born so prematurely that like, they can be born at like about 25 20 to 30 weeks and then and then they're technically living but they have to sort of survive in an incubator right um, my my uncle lost a kid under the sort of those circumstances and you know so the question becomes effectively if you're going to abort a child after say 30 weeks you're not aborting a kid you're murdering what is essentially a fully viable fetus and therefore how the fuck do you go around how do you actually implement the death of that kid right now we can take now, that back further but then the you know the later you get the more that certain that becomes is actually you're you're not fit you're not dealing with a fetus or you're dealing with a baby well and i think the issue also and the right has a has, has a lot of sense when it comes to te new technology is really <laughs> new technology is really pushing the idea that it's more of a human being at a, at a younger stage, at an earlier stage. Mm -hmm. Because we couldn't, you know, if you go back to 1950, 1960, they couldn't detect a heartbeat at six weeks or eight weeks. Now they can, you know, now they can show the, it, the technology just shows the fetus as being more developed than we may have known 30, 40, 50 years ago, mm -hmm. earlier. So that's why Stacey Abrams comes out and says that dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life that gynecologists are doing a Hollywood production and adding sound production to fetus to make it sound like there's a real heartbreak in six weeks when there's not. Like there's this great, once again, it's only the right wing that a conspiracy, when the left winger says something so conspiratorial is that all gynecologists in the United States of America of 330 people are faking heartbeats because they're all Trumpers. It's so idiotic. I, I, most doctors are fucking liberals, in fact. More doctors are liberals than, than, than conservatives. So, but to say all gynecologists are, are doing this product, this Hollywood production value, so people don't get abortions, is absolutely insane. Yet a Democrat yeah. can say something like that. And there's no blowback. No but, blowback. But if Donald yeah. Trump says hydroxychloroquine, oh my God, what a nut. Can you believe this nuts president? Yeah. I don't know about I don't know about double standards we, in the UK, Iggy, but the double standards here are just absolutely mind blowing. Well, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's. Um, if I'm honest, I don't think I don't think it's um, okay. You have contrast in the US, right? You actually do seem to have some contrast. Like you have a guy like Rand Paul, and we talked about this the other the other week, didn't we? Yes. Like you yeah. have some of these people who create enough of a spike, enough of a contrast, and you've got the the differences in states based on red and blue in terms of COVID policy, right? We don't have that here at all. Here's more subtle in the sense that the opposition, particularly now, is, is so akin to the um, ruling party that you really don't have a choice. And so all of the arguments and the differences between these parties become mm. so thin, right, that you're talking about nothing. You're, you're debating nothing, right? Right. You're just talking about whether that's got a blue label or a red label, but the, the but the actual policy is the fucking is the same. So I would say it's worse in some ways because we don't have is any constitutional basis for any that that provides a legal backstop to anything. So essentially, you're looking at insane laws going through the UK um, that that can't be stopped. 
as soon as as soon as a bunch of corrupt MPs vote it in, that's it. Whereas you guys have recourse to the constitution. We don't have that, it, which is really bad. Wow, it's worse there, huh? <laughs> it is. It is when you know how it works. Yeah. Hard to believe. By the way, you mentioned Rand Paul. I'm glad you didn't remind me. Rand Paul announced today that yesterday the special counsel. Uh, to Dr. Fauci, gain of function Wuhan lab and vaccine approvals in the next Senate. So there'll be a special counsel if the Repu- if the Republicans take over the Senate. Rand Paul says there'll be a special counsel that will investigate Fauci, the gain of function, the Wuhan lab, and the vaccine approvals in the next Senate. And once again, Rand Paul has really been one of the few politicians who have been speaking out for the last two and a half years against yeah. Fauci, you know, so that that's good news. If, 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 if you, if the Republicans take over the Senate. So that that's good news. And I think he'll follow through. I truly believe he'll follow, they'll follow through on that. And that is just a, a huge reason. I mean, that's a big, big reason to elect Republicans because that kind of a, that kind of a special counsel and those hearings and those investigations have to happen, have to happen. To me, it's three years too late, well, but better yeah, late I mean, than never. Think about think about the pathway that this opens up as well, though, <clears throat> because what what that really does is it starts to legitimise the record or re, uh, recognise the legitimacy of the connection between Fauci, NIH, NIAID, EcoHealth Alliance, and the Chinese, and it also then begins to relate them to um, Moderna, Pfizer, and um, Bill Gates. You have you have to have all of that working together in order to get to the to the corporate source, which is essentially people like Bill Gates sponsoring the work, the money, the money connections are all there. It's mm-hmm. fucking insane, right? Yeah. So you have to have that. Yeah, no, th- th- there has to be. Usually, we, now we have you know that that Albert Borlas, this hor- that horrible Pfizer CEO who just got COVID. I don't know if it was the second time or the fifth time, announcing yeah. that he had COVID. Now people say people made fun of him. Oh my God! You're the you're the Pfizer guy. You're the guy who had who made these vaccines that don't yeah. work. You've had COVID several times, but Borlas is a sneaky, sinister bastard, mm. and he's he's announcing that for a reason. He's announcing that he got COVID for a reason because he wants to push the new booster. He wants yeah. to say, "Get this new booster." Because it'll protect you from getting bad COVID. You see, that's what he wants to do. He wants to say, look, I'm so glad I got the new booster that we just came out with that we're making billions on, on top of the billions you made on the one before that, on top of the billions you made on the two before that, because this is going to prevent me from getting really bad COVID. Of course, yeah. when he and his fellow uh, big pharma uh, uh, bastards um, promoted these vaccines as stopping the spread of COVID, yeah. of ending COVID. So we know what a, what, a, what a shyster this guy is, what a shyster this guy is. And this is exactly who the progressives in this country have been in bed, in bed with over the last two and a half years. Albert Borlas, uh, uh, Klaus Schwab, uh, George Soros. I, I can go on and on and on. These are the people, these progressives, who supposedly despise these people, despise corporatism, despise big pharma, despise moneyism. They've been in bed with them and promoting them and allowing them to get away with this crap for the last two and a half years. And it takes a libertarian, a Republican libertarian like Rand Paul to come out and speak out against this. Well, not Bernie okay, Sanders. Bernie Sanders yeah, should be the one that's saying we need to have investigations. Not not Rand Paul. Hang on. Hang on. Before you go down the road of Bernie Sanders, do you know what Noam Chomsky said? What, what would he say? He says a lot of stuff. Okay, so, so, yeah. But, you know, Noam Chomsky 
people first would generally be, you know, his his way of doing things, wouldn't it? His position as a as an outspoken leftist dissident, right? You'd kind of think he would reject the corporatist um, COVID policy, right? He didn't. He's literally on videotape saying that he believed that unvaccinated people should literally be put on their own island with no food, water, or supplies, and for them to slug those problems out for themselves. That's I literally what he said. Like, oh, he said he said he did say something like that. That's right. That's completely right. Completely and clinically insane. Yeah, well, to say look, that. No I think, I think when it comes to older people like Chomsky, especially, they were so, uh, the, you know, the, the big pharma and the big government ginned up so much this idea that if you're that age, you're probably going to die of COVID. Of course, not true at all. Um, even even the most if, vulnerable age but, groups had the overwhelming, it still had, you know, 90% chance. If, of if, if you are over 80, then it is safe to say you're probably going to die. Right. Well, that's full stop, right? Because right. the yeah, well, age of eight, period or something eventually, pretty, you know. But but people like Chomsky, I think, was simply forget about politics. Forget, take their politics out of it. You got to take mm. with something like mm. that with a such a scenario of your own of your own existence, of, you know, of living and dying. You take you got to uh, eliminate politics, eliminate intellect, and eliminate schooling, eliminate doctorates, eliminate all that stuff because all it comes down to is your own survival. And they were made so fearful and hysterical mm. by the idea of, their, of, 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 of them dying. If someone dare not wear a mask who were near them, if their grandchildren dare come near them, they were going to die. Their healthy grandchildren with no symptoms were going to kill them. That, mm-hmm. that, that, fear, that fear permeated through any kind of common sense or politics or intellect or anything. It didn't, doesn't matter. So when you say Chomsky, someone so smart, someone so in tune, doesn't matter. Does not matter. Mm-hmm. He was afraid of his own existence. He was afraid of dying of COVID, to put it simply. Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, I mean, if, we yeah, need to do, maybe someone will do a thesis on that at some point. How <laughs> fear of one's oh. bodily harm can, can really the, strip away all, I'm sorry, all intellectual common sense from a person. It's, it's, it's stunning. Of, it's stunning. Have you heard of that theory? I mean, I'm not completely sold on this, but there's a theory called mass formation. Uh, Peter McCullough's mentioned it, but it kept, but it's basically been put out there, made 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 um, common by a guy called uh, Professor Matthias Desmet. Have you heard of that? There's also a, a doctor in a psychiatrist, a psychologist in L.A. named Dr. McDonald, who wrote a book about mass psychosis, and actually he did a speech in in. Uh, um, in San Jose uh, last year, and I went to see it. So yes, he 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 did a whole hour and a half lecture on mass psychosis. I mean, yeah. and that that was a big part of this. It was simply mass psychosis. It it was yeah. it was mass psychosis, and like I said, with something like mass psychosis, it doesn't matter what your intellect is, what your politics are, how many degrees you got. Doesn't matter at all. It's like it's a brainwashing. It's like a kind of hypnosis, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, yeah, Dr. McDonald and McCullough's talked about it, too. But I know I know Dr. McDonald wrote a book about it and it's really good. I mean, it's really good. And he, he talked about how, you know, being a psychologist in uh, uh, in L.A., um, they have this uh, and we still have it here in San Francisco. Do you have it in U.K. still where all medical facilities you have to wear a mask? Yeah. OK, so what you've got now, but, but, but it's a little bit worse, it's worth saying is the government has no mask requirement whatsoever at all, anywhere. Yet the, the NHS is choosing 
to enforce and exercise its own choice of policies in this and it's making passengers uh, patients do uh things that it wants and it is even you know to the point where it will refuse healthcare to you if if somebody wants you to wear a mask the nurse what says you should wear a mask and you go no i don't legally need to and they'll they, they'll refuse you healthcare. <laughs> so much democratic oath they took huh that's out the way exactly hypocritical oath but not hypocritical oath. Yeah, so here too so here it's so bad in california it's so wacky here that even psychiatrists even therapists psychologists are supposed to make you wear masks because they're they're technically doctors in a medical setting so you have to sit next you have to sit across from them even if it's 20 feet apart Jesus. for an hour talking with masks on still Still, the American Psychological Association here in California said you must wear masks. So Dr. McDonald, who works in L.A. as a psychiatrist, said, mm -hmm. I'm not going to wear. First of all, he said masks don't do anything. I, uh, as a doctor, to be for masks would be like for medieval voodoo medicine. So I can't, as a doctor, be for wearing masks. But also, I have patients who have obsessive compulsive disorder and hypochondria. And I'm just making that worse by making them wear a mask. Some yeah. people... Uh, get claustrophobic when they wear masks. As a psychiatrist, the psychologist, I, in, in good conscience, cannot force my patients to wear a mask. So he never followed it. No one ever bothered him. No one ever bothered him. He never, ever followed it. He said, I'm not following this ridiculousness. And if more doctors took that stance, we wouldn't be in this place now. But too many of them just shut up and went along with it. And they should never be forgiven for that. And the medical profession will never come back from this. They'll never come Agreed. back from it. Uh, hey, look, I can see there's a couple of people. Yeah, you were so lining people up. Uh, Iggy, thanks yeah. as always. I'll talk to you no again. Oh, my, okay, all right. Cool. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right, let me just take this. All right, who will you go? Who's next? Who who came in? Was it Cheech? I'm going to go to Cheech, then Daniel. All right, we'll go to Cheech. Cheech, and then we'll go to Daniel. Hey, Cheech, how are you? Hey, man, what's going on? How's uh, it going? It's going good. You were talking about the... Uh, the hysteria over COVID still. And um, I just wanted to point out that a couple things that happened over the weekend. So, oh, by the way, I missed, I missed the get together you guys had. Um, I, I wanted to go, but I had other obligations. So I couldn't make it Friday. Um, well, there'll be more. I'll let you know. Well, there'll be more. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. Um, so I, I went to a, a, a birthday party <clears throat> and um, one of the, one of the people there anyways, the, so, somehow the subject of COVID came up and I, and I mentioned, I said, well, you know, uh, everyone's going to catch this eventually. It's endemic. Like, like, like they've stated this. This everybody knows this at this point in the game. Like, and the guy kind of laughed at me and said, no, that's not true. I'm like, have you? Do you not like listen to even the most basic news? Like, everybody knows. Like, this is this is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. And, and eventually, everybody is going to catch it, no matter how many boosters you you run and get. But uh, he was completely buffaloed, you know. He had no clue, and it's just like, I don't know. Kind of, I kind of scratch my head when I hear stuff like that. So, so there was that. Then I went to a comedy show at Cobb's, and uh, you know, a few days leading up to the show, they they send you a little email on like what to expect. Hey, because of security, we want you to have clear bags. This, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And it also mentioned that masks were were required, and I'm like fuck, are you kidding me? Go to a comedy show with masks on it. And so I'd already bought the tickets and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go anyways. And we'll see what happens. I was expecting that it was just some leftover instructions that they hadn't bothered to update. 
Mm-hmm. And and that pretty much was the case. Nobody was wearing a mask except yeah. except for one couple, a couple tables over from me. I couldn't believe it. Out of the whole club, there was just two people in there with a mask. And I just, it's just like you're at a comedy club, man. You're everybody's yucking it up, having drinks. They took their mask off to have drinks, but they, everybody is, not everybody, but so many people are still under this spell. And uh, just like Iggy was pointing out, by the way, Iggy's a great caller. I love listening to his conversations. Um, yeah, I agree. Iggy, yeah, Iggy's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm reading Matthias Desmond's book, uh, latest book now, and uh, he uh, there's there's a few paragraphs where he touches upon um, the the fear factor, right? Like everybody being like so ginned up and afraid, um, and also like you know the last hundred couple hundred years. Last hundred years or so, you know, people have really kind of like dropped religion and kind of belief in maybe something other than yourself is is greater and uh, for lack of a better description. And and people are always looking for ways to kind of stave off the inevitable. Right. And so when you're constantly in fear of dying. Look, like nobody wants to die before their time, but at the same time, you have to also kind of understand that like this is just this is how it goes you know and at some point it's going to be your time and uh there's nothing you can do about you can't be afraid to live well you might as well be dead no no exactly exactly like what are you going to do like you know so everybody wants to like bunker down and uh and it's all fear-based right it's it's they got everybody chinned up oh you know like you're gonna get long COVID. that's what the guy said at the party he said they don't know what the effects of long COVID are going to be. Like he was, he was sitting there arguing with me about the fact that, look, everybody's going to get it. It's inevitable. And, uh, and uh, he's like, Oh no, no way. Like basically you have to fight tooth and nail never to catch it because you don't know what the long-term effects are. And I didn't even want to go into well, what about the, the vaccine? I mean, I didn't even go there. It's just like, I just cut the conversation off. I was just like, okay, dude. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, isn't it amazing uh, how people live in their own reality? I mean, that's part of what I was talking about. I mean, people, like you say, you, you mentioned something that is so common knowledge to us, those of us who know the truth. And people like look at you like, you know, it reminds me of you've watched South Park when they cut to the classroom and they're all like those blank stares. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's, that's what it's like. It's like they give you the stare. Like, what are you talking about? And you're like, what am I talking about? This is common sense, common knowledge. And they don't have any clue, man. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and and I, I don't know. I just this weekend kind of blew my mind. I, I couldn't believe that a couple people showed up in masks at a comedy club. Um, no one else in the entire club had had masks. I just, on. Went, and, and, I just went, I've mentioned this many times. I just went to a there's a movie theater for those of us who aren't in San Francisco. It's it's around the country. It's called the Alamo Draft House. Yeah, it's a movie theater where they sell where they sell um, food, and it's so awesome. I just went. I just went tonight. I went to see the the Outsiders, uh, Copeland's Outsiders, and uh, and um, they serve food. And every time I go to this theater, well, even the AMC's here, the movie theaters in San Francisco, there are several people who are still wearing masks. They're still doing that thing where they wear masks and they order food and drinks, and the entire time they put the mask down while they're eating and drinking, which is like eighty percent of the time, and then they put the mask back on again. They're sitting there watching a fucking movie that you can't talk. You can't talk during it anyway. It doesn't make. Yeah, any- and, and yeah. it'll be and, and half the time it'll be somebody that's got a master's degree or a doctorate. Like of they, course, they, of course, it, it doesn't matter. 
they're they're all. I mean, mass formation is real. I don't know how they can deny that. Of course, it's real. Mass formation. Why? But it's not. Not for a moment do they think of how stupid that is. I mean, Fauci, like we know from this new book, was even laughing at them behind the scenes for doing something that made not, no sense. You know. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, it's like it makes no sense. These are very smart people who, for one second, can't think. And what I what I'm doing is it making any sense? Is it making any logical sense or difference? whatsoever and they they can't even they they can't take that moment to do that they just follow the masses right yeah follow what they're told to do i mean that's basically by the way before you go what is who's desmet you said you're reading desmet's book matthias desmet is the guy who uh came up with that term that term mass formation Oh, okay. um, which, which okay. is which is like mass psychosis. It's similar, but I think he's got a few twists to the theory. Um, and he's uh, basically he's the guy that got um, Dr. Malone and all those other guys talking about this phenomenon. So it, it, it originates from Matthias Desmond. And he's a uh, he's a university researcher, a professor over in. Um, oh, God, I believe it's Belgium. One, one of one of the European countries, um, and uh, he just put out uh, a new book um, covering covering a lot of this stuff. So I'm, I'm I'm listening to that now. I'm listening to the audio book right now. Yeah, it's uh, like there are, there are a few of them, like McCullough did and McDonald, and a few of them Malone. They've all talked about this mess. Like they're all writing books about it too. Uh, uh, Atlas has written the book, um, you know, about this whole thing also. So. Look, there are many, many sane voices out there. You know, they were just stifled. They were canceled. They were pressured not to talk. And they were, you know, Fauci and his friends in very high positions in big pharma put a full court press on them from day one. And yeah, you know, the guys. Through, yeah, yeah. Through yeah, emails, pharma. through emails, Fauci would say, got to watch out for this one. Watch out for what this yeah. one's saying. Watch out. We have to stop this one. We have to stop that one. Well, yeah, him and Francis Collins. Francis Collins, like, how can we put the kibosh on on uh, Jay Bhattacharya? And, and, oh, that and these, fucking nut who then yeah. sings that plays the guitar and sings that song as he's leaving. These people are crazy. They're, <laughs> they're totally bat crap insane. These people. And these are the people. These are, these are the people that are. Remember that stupid song he wrote? Oh, one day COVID will be gone. <laughs> they're insane. These people. They really are crazy. I mean, a lot of people went nuts, right? Like. Uh, after George Floyd, um, all those actors that got on and started singing uh, on TikTok or whatever it was, Instagram about oh, their God. their white guilt and all this stuff. It was just like, what happened to people, man? Like two months of lockdown drove everybody insane. It is, you know? they, 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 they did. A lot of them were on the edge anyway, if not over the edge. Like, you know, but, but before I get off, I just want to say, like, I, 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 I you, you know, my. I would usually say to myself, like, you know what, if somebody wants to wear a mask, that's prerogative. I'm not going to give them shit about it. But I'm almost I, I, I feel like I'm in your camp now where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You're going to make it easy for these assholes to fucking enforce this stuff again the next time something comes around and they want us to do this ridiculous bullshit. Oh, these people are hoping for it. These people want the rest of us to be forced to do what they do. You know that. Yeah, you know yes. that. And I, and I can't I can't help but actually. That's the problem now at this point, especially with people wearing masks still. If I see someone wearing a mask now, I, like, I don't want to be associated with them. I don't even want to talk yeah. to them, acknowledge them. I, I have to assume they're, they're morons, right? You especially have when they're by themselves on a scooter or some bullshit. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'll let you get to Daniel. All right, Cheech, thanks for the call. Thanks, All right, thanks. Mike. Take care. All right. Okay, Daniel, let's see. 
Daniel, what's up? Hey, hey, Mike. Are you, it sounds like it sounds like you're not outside tonight. I am not outside. I am foregoing the M and M's this evening, and uh, yeah, wish me luck. Um, um, Cheech mentioned a party that he was at, where someone said that eventually we're going to um, all get um, COVID. Um, that's not correct. We have already all had COVID. Um, back uh, about, it was estimated by the CDC that over six months ago, uh, 94, greater than 94 percent of the U.S. population had already had the infection slash exposure. If you want to know the differences well, between infection and exposure, we could talk about that. Well, every, everyone's going before. for the everyone's going for their second round, their second round or third round. Basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not that we're all going to get it. We've already all had it. Right. Um, that was 94% over six months ago, but now we're, we're asymptotically but, but, but as close as you want to imagine we are to 100% at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want to say um, uh, to the extent that to Cheech is if you show up to one of our uh, the uh, San Francisco uh, um, uh, get-goes that we have, um, I'll tell them the story of um, why I decided to leave clinical medicine in my fourth year of medical school, um, which has a lot to do with what he was saying about um, Oh, even uh, well-educated, intelligent people got caught up in, in this hysteria. Um, I'll tell them that story if you like. It has to do with the, uh, the uh, HIV epidemic. It was just starting up as I was a, a medical student. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was that um, the reason that I think a lot of people hang on to this, uh, hang on to this, um, this yeah, I, want to, I want to say they're hanging on to hysteria. There's definitely tons and tons of hysteria going on. I think they're hanging on to some of these behaviors and some of this mindset, I think, um, for the same reason they, they seem to really enjoy it when they, when they were in it. And that is when you, when you think that there is an um, existential threat to yourself or to society that gives you permission to not worry about all those things that one normally worries about in one's life that weighs on our minds every single day. How are we going to pay bills? How are we going to plan for the future? How are we going to pay for kids' educations? How are we going to save for retirement? All these things that take so much thought, take so much planning. We have to uh, to to acquire so many skills in order to do these things and mm-hmm. in order to make ourselves marketable, et cetera. These are the things that weigh on our minds heavily every single day. And if you think there's some existential threat that is in the present, you are given permission by yourself and by society to think about nothing but the present. And that's a comfortable place to be for most people because they don't want to think about all those other things. They think most people think I'm failing. Oh, my God, I'm failing. I don't measure up. And, and given permission to only think about the present, that is a huge, huge load off their mind. They will stay in that place long as you live. Yeah, absolutely. No, there's, 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 there's no doubt about it. So, you know, look, when it comes down to people saying, oh, this, this intelligent person, this person who I, or this person who I really trusted before COVID, this per- like me with Bernie Sanders, this person who I really thought, you know, was this, that, other thing. My God, look how, look how stupid they were. They're talking about the you know, unvaccinated, you know, being belonging on an island together in a camp or that, because they were made so afraid of their existence, their existence on Earth ending, that 
all reason and all intellect and everything went out the window. It went totally out the window. And that in itself, that in itself is the epitome of selfishness, in my opinion. They called oh, yeah. the rest of they called they called the rest of us, they called the rest of us selfish, selfish. For, for not yeah. wanting to wear a mask for the greater good, for the great. Yeah. But it was their worry, their anxiety over just their own existence that pushed all of these horrible things that ended up happening to the rest of us. They are the people who were the most selfish because they couldn't think of mankind and and an actual greater good for mankind and they can, or the future. And they can only think about the present and their own existence. Yes, I, I, there, there, I've talked to people that, you know, um, are kind of on our our side to be to, to speak broadly of, of this of the COVID issue. And some of them will say that, you know, initially they, they were fearful um, and, and then they realized that they shouldn't be. You know, I, I was never fearful, not, not for even a second of, of COVID. What I was fearful from the very beginning, the very beginning, was humans' response to what they were being told about COVID. And this hysteria that was going to form, this mass formation that she's talking about, it was going to form and it was going to get ugly. And that fear was underplayed by the media. And it is that fear that caused the most damage in our world, in the entire world. COVID has caused so little comparative damage. Um, I sent you a link to yep. a, a story. I was just going to mention that tomorrow and later in the week, we'll talk more about it. These are the pediatric yeah. COVID deaths, the overcounting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when we're talking, so, so the COVID deaths are so grossly uh, overestimated, and that's a good uh, sort of case study window into this overestimation. And you can bet that there will be some integrity in epidemiology and the accounting uh, of deaths um, in, in the future. And my bet is that once the accounting is done, and this accounting when in, for influenza usually takes someplace between one to five years before they come up with the official numbers for any given year. Um, so my estimate is that in four years from, from this time, from now, we will be given estimates of the per year deaths due to COVID in the 2020 to 22 period. And rather than being a grand total of over a million, my, I am going to say right now that I think the grand total estimate will be approximately 300,000. Yeah, that's, my, that's about right. Less than 30%, about 30%. Yeah, well, and as, as, as Sarah Beth Berwick says in a thread, as others have reported, the CDC massively overcounts COVID deaths for all ages. The CDC counts as a COVID death any person whose death certificate references C-19, even if unrelated to the cause of death. Once again, we were all conspiracy theorists for saying things like that, man. We were all canceled for things like that, man, for saying if someone has, uh, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, hypertension, a bad heart, and they have, and they'd stick that thing up their nose, and there's a COVID positive test, and they die. They died of COVID. If someone got hit by a car, and they stick the thing on their nose, and they've got a COVID positive test, and they die of internal bleeding, they died of COVID. We were called conspiracy theorists for saying this two years yes. ago. Yeah, of course we were. And um, at some point, there will be an accounting for the corruption in the NIH and the NIAID um, and uh, the CDC. 
um, it is going to be clear to everybody, if it's not clear to them now, that all three of those agencies and more were captured by the pharmaceutical industry. And that capture was facilitated by politics. And there will be a reckoning, um, whether it is on a time scale that allows us to punish those in the pharmaceutical industry and in politics and in public health that were mostly responsible for this grievous harm that they did to our world. That's another question. But there will be an accounting and a reckoning. Well, and, like, like, and, like Rand Paul said, the Senate, Republicans take over the Senate and it's going to be a special counsel come January. So that let's... is, that is my, one of my biggest reasons for, for voting Republican. As I've said many, many times, I was a voting Democrat for 44 years of my 65 years. Um, I started voting Democrat as soon as I could vote. I quit yeah. voting Democrat in uh, 2020, um, July 4th, 2020, and said, that's it. I'm walking away. They've done far too much damage to to country and to our world, and they've abandoned every core liberal principle there is for its new brand of illiberalism. And I hope that Rand Paul, um, I hope that the Republicans t- take take Congress, at least the House, just so there is an accounting for these atrocities. And I hope Rand follows through. I think he will. Oh, I think he will too. Yeah, I think there's no doubt about it. Hey, Daniel, thank, thanks for the call. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm going to start to wrap up the show here in a second, but I also want to say that, um, yeah, as as said, that now they're admitting the spike proteins are showing up in breast milk. We, the people had said that, and they were called crazy conspiracy theorists too. Tomorrow, we'll talk more about this and whatever else you want to talk about, but I also want to talk about uh, the White House is now saying it's important to have a conversation about changing the name of the Atlanta Braves, just the way they changed the name of the Cleveland Indians to the Cleveland Guardians. Um, they want to change the name of the Atlanta Braves now. This is what liberal Democrats are concerned with. Let's talk about that a little bit tomorrow. Is that important? Is, that, is, 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 is calling a group brave disparaging? Hmm, let's sleep on that. Anyway, remember, every night, 11 p.m. Eastern, I'm sorry, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, uh, Alexa, what time is it in London? In London, it's eight eighteen a.m. All right, so it's seven. <laughs> Thanks, Alexa. That's for Iggy. So it's seven a.m. Okay, so it's seven a.m. London time, eleven p.m. Pacific, two a.m. Eastern, seven a.m. London time. Um, you'll hear the show Monday through Friday night. It's called "Unless Be Heard." And I'm Mike Chopley. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening. See you back here tomorrow.